0: Welcome to DealCast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by MergerMarket and SS&C Intralinks. This special episode is in partnership with Morrison & Forster. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm joined by Eric McCrath, co-chair of Morrison & Forster's global corporate department and an advisor to US companies engaged in complex cross-border M&A. Hi Eric, thanks for joining us today.
1: Well, thank you for having me here, Juliana. I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you about uh, European M&A here.
0: So we've seen the trend of US tech companies acquiring in Europe. What examples of this trend have you seen?
1: Uh, there's been a lot of activity in Europe over the last several years. Um, really increased uh, spike in activity, I would say, a couple of years ago in the, in the UK in particular, as I think they were buying opportunities in light of the currency challenges the UK was having uh, because of Brexit. Uh, there was essentially a giant sort of um, you know twenty percent off uh, sale sign uh, on the front of the UK compared to other regions of the world, and I think a lot of uh, U.S. companies, particularly U.S. tech companies, took advantage of that. Um, you know, at the same time, um, I think that you know we'll go into this a little later, but there's been some just great you know great sort of balance in terms of the attributes you'd want to make MA attractive into Europe and, and into the UK for that matter, regardless of, of Brexit, and so a lot of deal activity. You know, things that um, that we've seen really run the the spectrum of of deal sizes. You know, certainly um, there's been a lot more investment activity, um, which has created a lot more smaller uh, kind of of series A, series B uh, type companies in Europe that have been very attractive. Again, not huge price points, but a lot more prolific in in where they are and and, um, the number of targets available. Uh, so those have led to an increase in activity, certainly on our side. We've seen, this particular, I'd say, on, the, on that end of the spectrum, um, in gaming companies, um, in SaaS companies, uh, and others of that nature that I think are, are um, you know, we've gone after. Um, we've also seen larger, much larger deals, um, and in fact, you know, this past September 13th, uh, we helped um, in the sale of, of ARM, a large um, semiconductor. Uh, entity in its sale to Nvidia um, a us a california-based um, semiconductor company and that I think reflects some of the consolidation that's um, more wider spread that's been occurring or you know ongoing in the semiconductor space and certainly that uh, happens cross-border as well obviously uh, with that transaction which is I noticed still pending but again was signed up in um, q uh, q three of 2020. Um, beyond that, we're also just seeing a lot of of, of what I call late stage investment deals as well so, you know, a deal that just signed up um, relatively recently was uh, SoftBank's uh, investment in Autostore, which was announced uh, in Norway. Again, a, a good-sized investment that kind of shows the the, the growth of, of Unicorns or, you know, of, of Unicorns Plus even, I would tell you, in terms of the investment profiles they have. Um, and again, other smaller, mid-sized semiconductor deals. We've seen, we've, you know, I've represented on Semiconductor doing an acquisition of Sensel in, in Ireland of, you know, other sort of, I'd, I'd say, um, kind of critical, you know, rare, um, more rare type technologies that are available that we've seen again in kind of gaming and, um, and what I'd say sort of um, AR VR uh, infrastructure companies, as well as, you know, helping Autodesk um, sort of CAD design company and architecture design. Uh, Acquire Spacemaker in Norway in q four of twenty twenty. So those are some of the you know kind of a sampling of some of the deals we've seen there. Um, but I think they're they're again, re- kind of reflect the larger the larger amounts of deals. Some of the l- other you know larger ones I've seen as well, digital realties at, uh, acquisition of interaction, uh, insight partners acquiring of of VM software. These again, I think reflect kind of the pandemic um, desire to go more into data centers, more into the cloud. Um, and I you know, think we're going to continue to kind of see that consolidation or those type of acquisition opportunities as well.
0: And you mentioned a couple of companies there in a, in a quite a few different sectors. What is it that makes European opportunities different to those in the U.S. or in Asia? Aren't we seeing a lot more activity in some of the tech subsectors in Europe? For example, LawTech, fintech, mentioned semiconductors a few times, gaming.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, maybe even take a step back from that, you know, Juliet, it's it's Europe is in, in, in good shape. Uh, there's enormous political stability. That stability, you know, makes it attractive. You also have very, very strong uh, capital markets uh, remain robust. Um, and that's, those things are magnets for, you know, for ongoing uh, investment. Um, you know, obviously Brexit, I referenced a moment ago, you know, created a little bit of a, a hiccup on things in terms of how are things going to play out. But There was really enough money, I think, sitting on the sidelines and enough interest and enough desire to get to enter into the UK that when you, you know, you speak to uh, both strategics and I would tell you sponsors and even venture capitalists and their investment profiles, the UK remains a very attractive place to come into. And I think that outweighs some of the concerns maybe that existed a year ago um, when there was, you know, weren't certain what the Brexit impact was going to be. So that that remains ongoing. So those are sort of the, the, call it the larger macroeconomic kind of atmospherics uh that make it attractive but you know to your point um it's it's more i think it's it's europe is just growing enormously in the tech field so i'm going to you know give you a couple of examples of just um you know what you know sort of what we see or what we what we hear there you know one is when you look at you know 2020 the Europe had over $18 billion, and this is Europe x UK, had over uh, $18 billion worth of M&A uh, deals going on. And that reflected 114% increase over 19. And so you may say, well, 14% increase is, is great, which it is, but maybe it's not all that much. But when you think about the second quarter of 2020, largely being sort of folks sitting on the sidelines, um, because again, the kind of the rollout of the pandemic at that point, 114% really reflects a lot of activity being compressed into Kind of three quarters or two and a half quarters of that year and that shows i think sort of the the, um, the demand or the interest in europe and you sort of maybe go back to and say well what what, why suddenly the activity you know what's all there in the tech sector? and i think that you got to take it one step previous prior to sort of the m a activity and look at the investment activity and when you look at the investment activity um in europe you know just a couple of things that i think are, are notable to see is that There was 21.4 billion dollars of startup investment for Q1 21. So you know these past, call it you know three months, Um, and that reflected a two x increase over Q4 of 2020, which in and of itself showed a a dramatic increase over the preceding quarters. And so there's really this crescendoing of um, of investment uh, that's occurring into Europe, and then you kind of combine that with just you know, here's a great example of, of kind of a, a, another measurement of this that in 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 the first quarter of 21 there were more unicorns minted um, so unicorns again being those uh, companies with a valuation of, of a billion dollars a billion us or more there were more q1 unicorns minted than there were all of 2020 unicorns minted which also was a a significant leap ahead of what was in 2019. So again, just another reflection of this crescendoing activity that's occurring in the growth of um, of tech companies. And what does that mean? It means that there's very attractive targets. It means that there's a lot of series A's and series B's, and certainly with unicorn series C's and D's out there as well, that are that are doing extremely well and that have drawn the attention of, uh, of US acquirers. And so I think that's that makes it very attractive. You know, one of the things I think you know we can we can chat about here a little bit more too is there's A lot more activity now occurring in the form of um, the CMA is being very active. Other antitrust bodies are being very active uh, within within Europe. Um, Now there's a little bit more sort of sort of CFIUS comparables um, uh, sprouting up as well are being being um, acted on. And I think those will create some headwinds uh, to activity potentially going forward. And that's something to focus on. And certainly for 20, 21 and, and beyond, we'll see how that plays out.
0: And the pandemic has accelerated digitalization. What trends are you seeing? That you touched on it on it earlier.
1: Um, yeah, enormous amounts of uh, of activity occurring in in um, it, as a result of the pandemic, and I think this is sort of the surprise for many of us in terms of you know there's a little bit of a of a certain like second quarter last year kind of a wait and see. But things came back with a vengeance. They came back in a vengeance in a number of very specific, I think, tech areas. Um, one is just things again that, that um, facilitate remote working, remote living, and I think these are, these are obvious ones. You've seen a lot more just um, DTC, direct-to-consumer type sales um, occurring and, and sort of the, you know, the apparatus around that. But the other things that have really jumped here is just you know, software as a service, it's a SaaS, so-called SaaS services, uh, just again, because of the the stickiness it has with its client base, with the um, with just once you get that model working, it's just a it's um, it just it, it 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 works very well in terms of revenue generation, maintaining uh, your clients, maintaining your customers, et cetera. Um, so SaaS has really been big, and in fact, SaaS has accounted for roughly I think 57, 58 percent of the uh, the sort of TMT of the tech. Uh, m a of 2020 and i expect that number to stay again consistently probably over that 50 cent fifty percent mark um, beyond that we've also seen obviously security um, with all of us living a lot more uh, on the cloud on the on on our computers um, sort of security applications and concern around that has been a, a huge area of growth and investment as well um, i mentioned before gaming you have a lot of folks who are spending a lot more time in their homes during the pandemic um, and those folks are are spending more online or, or buying more with respect to to um, home entertainment around the gaming area. Um, and then also maybe last on this piece is, is sort of health tech. Again, being able to, the not being able to get into um, to see physicians or to clinics or what have you uh, because of concerns around the pandemic have led to a lot more kind of in that space as well, as well as just life sciences, I would say, generally. Um, again, a little a little less of what, you know, there's some, been some big deals in, in Europe. You know, the largest deal last year actually was the, um, was the, uh, the AVI acquisition of, of, of um, Allergen. And so certainly that remains a big space in U.S.-Europe, uh, uh, cross-border deals as well. But again, I think to, to focus more on the digitalization, as you referred to earlier, those are some of the, the, the headline um, spaces that, that we're seeing a lot of activity in.
0: And I guess that digitalization, those, those trends as a result or the trends that have been expedited by the pandemic will largely inform the types of assets that acquirers will look to pursue. What do you think will be the hottest assets, particularly those in Europe in the coming months and years? Semiconductors seems to be an ongoing space that's of interest, particularly with car manufacturing having to stop because of a lack of semiconductors. So which assets will be pursued?
1: Well, certainly, I think you're going to continue to see ongoing consolidation in the semiconductor space um, beyond that, though, I think you're going to be looking at a lot of of companies that give access to the European markets, to U.S. players and others. Um, in other words, there's going to be, um, you know, smaller, I call it regional hegemons that do very well, whether it's in, again, um, everything from, you know, we talked earlier about what works well in the um, in a pandemic period, you know, food delivery um, services. Uh, gaming services, etc. There's going to be regional hegemons there that are they're going to be very attractive to U.S. parties coming in and wanting to play. And I think that as those we talked about unicorns and you know the, the the minted unicorns in Q1 being as much as all of last year, if that trend continues, those unicorns will begin to be you know decacorns. I guess is the term people use is you know the ten billion dollar you know U.S. billion dollar um, uh, valuation uh, peg or what have you. And as as those are created and get launched, what I think we're going to see is a lot more of them than beginning to do cross-border acquisitions to get U.S. access. And I think we're already beginning to see a little bit of that with um, with dominant players, um, again, regional state champions in, in in Europe being able to make more broader investments back into the U.S. And I think that'll be an interesting trend that we can, I think, follow in the years to come and, and see that at play. So I think this will be a two-way street, to be clear, as we advance. And I think that that's yeah, you know, I think that's an a, an exciting thing to look at, and I think it's um again it's going to be great for the larger M and A and investment practices generally. Great, right.
0: all right, Eric, thanks very much.
1: Uh, well, thank you, Juliana. Great to great to chat with you here, and um, and uh, thank you for your time.
0: That was Eric McCrath, co-chair of Morrison & Forster's Global Corporate Department, who advises US companies involved in complex cross-border M&A. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of DealCast, presented by MergerMarket and SS&C Intralinks, in partnership with Morrison & Forster. Join us next week for another episode.